Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today I'll be reading Matthew 14, verses 22 to 36, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 36. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all the region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. This is the word of the Lord. The history contained in these verses is one of singular interest. The miracle here recorded brings out in strong light the character both of Christ and his people, the power and mercy of the Lord Jesus, and the mixture of faith and unbelief in his best disciples are beautifully illustrated. We learn, in the first place, from this miracle, what absolute dominion our Savior has over all created things. We see him walking on the sea as if it was dry land. Those angry waves which tossed the ship of his disciples to and fro obey the Son of God and become a solid floor under his feet. That liquid surface, which was agitated by the least breath of wind, bears up the feet of our Savior like a rock. To our poor, weak minds, the whole event is utterly incomprehensible. The picture of two feet walking on the sea is said by Doddridge to have been the Egyptian emblem of an impossible thing. The man of science will tell us that for material flesh and blood to walk on water is a physical impossibility. Enough for us to know that it was done. Enough for us to remember that to him who created the seas at the beginning, it must have been perfectly easy to walk over their waves when he pleased. There is encouragement here for all true Christians. Let them know that there is nothing created which is not under Christ's control. 
all things serve him. He may allow his people to be tried for a season and tossed to and fro by storms of trouble. He may be later than they wish in coming to their aid and not draw near until the fourth watch of the night. But never let them forget that winds and waves and storms are all Christ's servants. They cannot move without Christ's permission. The Lord on high is mightier than the voice of many waters, yes, than the mighty waves of the sea. Psalm 93 verse 4. Are we ever tempted to cry with Jonah? The flood was all around me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Jonah 2 verse 3. Let us remember they are his billows. Let us wait patiently. We may yet see Jesus coming to us and walking on the sea. We learn in the second place from this miracle what power Jesus can bestow on those who believe on him. We see Simon Peter coming down out of the ship and walking on the water like his Lord. What a wonderful proof was this of our Lord's divinity. To walk on the sea himself was a mighty miracle, but to enable a poor, weak disciple to do the same was a mightier miracle still. There is a deep meaning in this part of our history. It shows us what great things our Lord can do for those that hear his voice and follow him. He can enable them to do things which at one time they would not have thought possible. He can carry them through difficulties and trials, which without him they would never have dared to face. He can give them strength to walk through fire and water unharmed and to get the better of every foe. Moses in Egypt, Daniel in Babylon, the saints in Nero's household are all examples of his mighty power. Let us fear nothing if we are in the path of duty. The waters may seem deep, but if Jesus says come, we have no cause to be afraid. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do. John 14 verse 12. Let us learn in the third place from this miracle how much trouble disciples bring on themselves by unbelief. We see Peter walking boldly on the water for a little way, but by and by, when he sees the wind was strong, he was afraid and begins to sink. The weak flesh gets the better of his willing spirit. He forgets the wonderful proofs of his Lord's goodness and power, which he had just received. He did not consider that the same Savior who had enabled him to walk one step must be able to hold him up forever. He did not reflect that he was nearer to Christ while on the water than he was when he first left the ship. Fear took away his memory. Alarm confused his reason. He thought of nothing but the winds and waves and immediate danger, and his faith gave way. Lord, he cried, save me. What a lively picture we have here of the experience of many believers. How many there are who have faith enough to take the first step in following Christ, but not faith enough to go on as they begun. They take fright at the trials and dangers which seem to be in their way. They look at the enemies that surround them and the difficulties that seem likely to beset their path. They dwell on them more than on Jesus, and at once 
their feet begin to sink. Their hearts faint within them. Their hope vanishes away. Their comforts disappear. And why is all this? Christ is not altered. Their enemies are not greater than they were. It is just because, like Peter, they have ceased to look to Jesus and have given way to unbelief. They are taken up with thinking about their enemies instead of thinking about Christ. May we lay this to heart and learn wisdom. Let us learn in the last place from this miracle how merciful our Lord Jesus Christ is to weak believers. We see him stretching forth his hand immediately to save Peter, as soon as Peter cried out to him. He does not leave him to reap the fruit of his own unbelief and sink in the deep waters. He only seems to consider his trouble and to think of nothing so much as delivering him from it. The only word he utters is the gentle reproof, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Behold, in this concluding part of the miracle, the exceeding gentleness of Christ He can bear with much and forgive much when he sees true grace in a man's heart. As a mother deals gently with her infant and does not cast it away because of its little waywardness and disobedience, so does the Lord Jesus deal gently with his people. He loved and pitied them before conversion, and after conversion he loves and pities them still more. He knows their feebleness and bears long with them. He would have us know that doubting does not prove that a man has no faith, but only that his faith is small. And even when our faith is small, the Lord is ready to help us. When I said my foot is slipping, your loving kindness, O Lord, held me up. Psalm 94 verse 18 How much there is in all this to encourage men to serve Christ? Where is the man that ought to be afraid to begin running the Christian race with such a Savior as Jesus? If we fall, he will raise us again. If we err, he will bring us back. But his mercy shall never be altogether taken from us. He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, and he will keep his word. May we only remember that while we do not despise little faith, we must not sit down content with it. Our prayer must ever be, Lord, increase our faith. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory.